In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, your story or God's story. Welcome to Girlfriend It Radio. We are Patty and Lisa, and today we are honored and excited to share this next hour with our special guest and new girlfriend, Gracia Burnham. Well, you know, your story, God's story, was the theme of our girlfriend's getaway this past weekend, and we got to share a weekend with like 400 women as we escaped into the pines of northern Arizona, and 400 women can be challenging and, and exciting <laughs> all at the same time. But what at this conference, it was so fun because we gave each woman a baton, a, a regular relay baton, and we just talked to them and said, okay, we are all in a race. We're on this elite team. We're in this race to win together, and in the race of life, we are all handed things, whether experiences or just whatever. And, and so we're receiving things, but they're also passing on things to others like attitudes, emotions, words, whatever. So we're constantly receiving and passing on. And then what part of the baton represents your story and what part is God's story? And I love that. And our guest today has every right to pass on bitterness, anger, resentment, uh, and the list goes on. But instead, she is passing on a legacy of faith, hope, and love. And what started out in in her story, she was on a relaxing, once-in-a-lifetime anniversary getaway in an exotic island resort, and it turned into one of the most horrific nightmares imaginable. Um, Our guest today is Gracia Burnham, and she's the widow of Martin Burnham and the mother of Jeff, Mindy, and Zach. Gracia and Martin worked in um, with New Tribes missionaries in the Philippines from 1986 to 2001 until they were captured. And her husband was a missionary pilot delivering mail, supplies, as well as encouragement to other missionaries and transporting the sick and injured patients to medical facilities. But Gracia served in various roles, and she supported the aviation program. Uh, you know, I, I always think of Elizabeth Elliott because she did some of the similar mm-hmm. things there for her, her husband. Um, it, well, she was in the Philippines, and she also homeschooled their, their children. She was kidnapped along with her husband by a terrorist group with ties to Osama bin Laden, and they were just snatched away from friends and family. I and can't thrust, even imagine. No. They were thrust into a life on the run in the Philippine jungle. And during this perilous year in captivity, they faced all kinds of horrific things. Starvation, constant exhaustion, frequent gun battles, cold-hearted murder, and intense soul-searching. 
you know, about God as any of us would. I, I always just mm-hmm. think of David just staring up there, you know, shaking his fist, almost going, where, where are you, God? And Gracia, we are so excited to hear your story. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Patty and Lisa. I'm, I'm honored to be with you today. No, you have no idea how excited we are to have you tell your story because Patty, um, she's just going to tell you a little bit about her history, but we're just honored that you would take your time to be with us and, and share this amazing story with so many other people today. Oh, and goodness. Grisha, your story has had such an impact on me. Um, my mom was murdered in 2000, so when uh, someone handed me your book, and I, I just gobbled up your story and just how you're able to go through this year of just seeking God and going, okay, God, why are you allowing this to happen? And I, I hope, I know in an hour, it's just such a short time to be able to really relate some of just those little intimate details of how you shared in your story. I mean, all the way from where to use the facilities to just, you know, thinking of scripture and trying to recall just the the memory, you know, the verses that you had just buried in your heart. And I hope we can uh, convey that to the listeners because you do have such an incredible, incredible story. But you spent a year in captivity. You went through starvation, exhaustion. Um, you know, you talk about the gun battles that took place and just, you know, watching people being literally being murdered. Um, how did you wake up every morning and make it through the day? Well, I think while we were going through all that, I wasn't trying to think about anything but getting through the moment. I, I think when you're experiencing loss, you're just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. Maybe you remember that, you guys. Um, just doing the next thing because life went on, and that's how it was in the jungle. We were just trying to survive the next moment. And if I let myself think about what was happening to me, um, I think I just would have um, snapped emotionally. I don't know exactly how to – I would have lost it. Mm-hmm. So often I was stuffing the emotion of everything that was happening to me back somewhere and and had to pull that out after it was all over, if you know what I mean. Okay, this, it totally, totally makes sense. I, I still cannot fathom what you had to, to experience, but take us back. You're, you're celebrating an 18th anniversary with your husband. You're in this beautiful resort, these little huts on the lake, on the water. What happens next? Um, we weren't even going to be at that resort for even 24 hours. It was just a real quick getaway because Martin had jet lag from a trip, and I was down there to help him do some work on that island. We'd never been on that island before and just decided to take a night for our anniversary. And early um, the morning after our first night there, early in the morning there was pounding on the door, and we thought maybe there was a drunk guard or something there because that had happened to us at resorts in the Philippines before. Mm-hmm. And Martin headed for the door, and even before he got there, these three guys with M16 broke the door in. And um, one of the men took him out. One of the men came over to the bed, and he lowered his weapon and said, go, go, go. So I grabbed clothes. I just threw something on and they took me out, too, and they were emptying all of the, the cottages built on stilts out over the water, taking all of us to a waiting speedboat. It wasn't just me and Martin. There were like 20 of us. And um, 
as we pulled away from the dock, they, you know, raised their weapons in the air and yelled, Allah Akbar, and that's when we knew who had us. The Abu Sayyaf is a household name in the Philippines, and they're militant Muslims, and they've been doing their dirty work for a good long time down there in the southern Philippines. Mm. Well, Lisa is going to Egypt in just a couple of weeks, so maybe not a good story for her <laughs> to listen to. Oh my goodness! But, well, but, okay. If, what what does that what does that mean? That you said what they yelled out? Uh, Allah Akbar. Uh, God is great. God is the greatest. That's mm-hmm. what you often hear Muslims yell, um, mm-hmm. or even during their prayers, they say it over and over. God is the greatest. And, you know, I agree. Um, God is great, but um, God certainly hasn't asked us to perpetrate the awfulness that they've decided that um, is part of their religion down there on the Philippine Islands. They've just really ruined the southern Philippines. And so difficult. It's hard to find a Filipino family that hasn't been touched in some way or another by the Abu Sayyaf. They're just... Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're just a constant terror there. And that's one of the things in, in your book I found so intriguing is that you said they would follow their religion and the Quran and they felt like, you know, they here they are, they're serving God. So on one hand, they would follow the traditions of what they believed was right, but on the other hand, they they're just terrorizing. Yeah, and we tried to figure out what was the motivation of these people holding us because there were at one point there were 80 of them and we would look at them and say what's motivating them to to do these things beheadings and looting and we learned that just a few of them are bent on jihad the leaders were um really involved in this actively uh trying to seek justice for any uh to help god get revenge for wrongs committed to against Muslims in the southern Philippines, and the rest of them were young kids who'd, who maybe their families were poor, and they didn't have a job, and they needed dowry to get, to win a, a bride, or they were outcasts in their village, so they joined the Abu Sayyaf. There were a few guys there that had joined the Abu Sayyaf almost as a career move, so they would have money, and, um, and as we got to know them and as we started to learn their stories and see that a lot of them were just hoping to find favor with Allah, we began to not exactly sympathize with them but understand um, the hopelessness of their situation. Because um, Martin and I know their end. You know, if you don't know the Lord when you die, it's not just that your life here on earth has been ruined, it's that you face eternity without God. And mm-hmm. and as we began getting to know them and learning their stories, God just really started changing our hearts toward these guys, and we started seeing them for the lost boys that they are. Well, Gracia, we just have a couple of minutes before we go into a commercial break. The time has just um, already gone by way too fast. Uh, but I, I want to really go back and break down um, just, you can't help but look at this whole scenario from Martin's perspective to go, okay, here he is, the, the, the husband wanting to protect his wife, just thought he was out on an anniversary time together celebration, and now he has put his wife in this dangerous situation. Um, I can't imagine what was running through his head. Um 
of, of the danger that could, the possibility of what could take place mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, we only have about 30 seconds. So, uh, can you just share a little bit about the, the in that first day, did you think, okay, some horrific things are going to take place here? Yes, and, and I could see that stress on Martin's face. I could tell that he wasn't going to let anything happen to me, or if it did, over his dead body. And, yes. and, and we can talk more about that, just how I saw him for what he really was in the jungle. It was amazing, the man I was married to. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine. Well, here comes the tunes, and we will be right back after this commercial. Thank you, Gracia. Mm-hmm. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Togginap.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. We are talking with Gracia Burnham, who's the author of 
in the presence of my enemies. And it's an amazing story uh, that she lived through um, just a nightmare to so many of us. And yet, in spite of it all, she has come out um, just shining brighter just for Jesus and just being leaving that legacy of faith, hope, and love. And so, Gracia, we want to just continue asking because there's so many layers to this that we want to, that's just we want to hit. But when we left you, you had talked about it. You've just been to the resort. You've been kidnapped. And now, and just, you know, what, what could be happening in Martin's head? What is going on now with this group? Do you, did you know this group? What do they do with you? What is, just you go from the emotion of, you know, from one, one emotion to the other. Um, well, we um, had been taken, um, you know, basically from our beds early in the morning. And we had heard of them, but we didn't know who the, who they were we we knew they were with the abu sayas and um martin looked at me i think we looked at each other and said we are in big trouble and we were for the next year we ran for our lives through the jungle we starved we drank dirty river water we slept on the jungle floor we had constant diarrhea and I remember looking at myself and thinking I feel more like an animal than a human being. Mm-hmm. And um, just the just when everything was taken away, um, mm-hmm. a, a new me just surfaced, and it was shocking. So it, all this was happening at the same time. I don't even know if I was processing who these guys were and exactly what was happening to us um, just trying to, that was a very poor answer to what you just asked, but, <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, yeah, I, there, there's a couple things and there's no rhyme or reason. We're supposed to like stay on track of kind of flowing through from the time that you were kidnapped. On. Uh-huh. These are just questions that I have. There was at one point you celebrated your birthday and how they actually, brought a cake in and you had little pieces of a candy bar or something that we we just take that for granted. You know, there weren't any balloons. You didn't have, you know, this romantic evening with your husband that we pout if we don't get that, you know, if our husband doesn't, you know, bring a flower for you or whatever. And here you are in the jungle, just being able to to celebrate your birthday with your husband and and being yeah. happy with that little well music. that cake that came in it wasn't really a cake it was kind of a <laughs> a muslim pancake type thing but you know what god did um when you have nothing a little tiny thing like a little muslim pancake is is huge and mm-hmm. you see god's hand and martin uh, we were talking about martin before the break and bless his heart i didn't know what kind of guy I was married to before this all happened. Of course, I knew he was a neat Christian, but I never realized before our captivity his his Christ-likeness, his thinking mm-hmm. through things in a godly way. And I look back at that now and I say, how did I not see that about him? And I think life just got in the way. You know, the, the dirty socks he left laying around, and he was always at work. And I would think, does he even care about his family? And, you know, we didn't have devotions tonight. I I want to have family devotions every night. How could we skip? And you start acting like your marriage is a disappointment mm. when it's not really. It's just not the perfect life that we're all wanting for ourselves, right, that we're really pushing for. And... um all of a sudden, when everything was gone, I saw Martin ra- rise to the occasion, 
and encourage me, and he just always knew what to say. Mm-hmm. And even if it was praying for something special for me on my birthday, mm-hmm. um, he he just knew how to encourage me to keep going and keep trusting God. And and one of these days, I'm really going to thank him again for that because yeah. um, he he was just he was an awesome partner. And um, yeah, too bad it took that horrific experience for me to see the godly man that he was. Mm. And were you, at what point did you, did you continuously think every day that there, there's a possibility that you would be violated, that you would be raped? Did he, was he continue, was Martin having to go, oh, this is what the potential is here? Or did you know these men aren't, you know, they follow the Quran to the point that this would be an evil thing to do? Or was that a fear you lived with? Um, well, at the beginning, the guys, the Abu Sayyaf said, would we ever touch your women? No, the Koran forbids it. And all of us women relaxed. There were like 13 of us. Um, you know, these were honorable Muslims. And then one by one, they started taking the women as booty of war. They sabayed them. They made them, one guy would pick one girl and she would have to live with him. And share his hammock. And so, of course, their law, you know, the scripture says you you can never obey the law, even if you make it yourself. And Mm. that's what we saw. Those guys couldn't even keep their own laws or Allah's laws. Um, Mm -hmm. And as one by one, these women started, um, you know, being raped. Of course, that crossed my mind. It's not like I sat and lived in fear of it every day because you couldn't do that or you would go crazy. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind, I thought, you know what? My turn might be just around the corner and God's mm-hmm. going to give me the grace when it happens. And I could see that Martin always just really kept me close mm-hmm. and um, kept me from saying too much. In fact, when I got out of the jungle, I couldn't even sing or talk loud because I had been so silent in the jungle. I didn't use my vocal cords hardly at all because I, I, I didn't want to draw attention to myself. Mm-hmm. You wanted to be invisible. I did. And I wore the head covering and I wore the long sleeve shirts and I even kept my fingertips hidden. I, um, I kept every inch of me covered because, um, of course, so did the other girls. Um, I think God was just gracious somehow. Um, it, well, of course he was. And another thing that I think saved me from all that was Martin's attitude towards the guys. He really loved them. Uh. And um, and he would get to know them, and he would find out their stories and why did they join the Abu Sayyaf and what did their parents do. And as he built relationships with them, I think now a lot of those men would call Martin Burnham their friend, as mm-hmm. weird as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, some of them that have written me that I've found in prison um, call Martin their friend. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of the Burnhams, they call themselves, which is not what I would refer to someone I held hostage as. Um, right. So, well, you know, it really is all about the relationships, establishing relationships and, and, you know, for Martin to be able to see them past the circumstances as, you know, labeling them terrorists or whatever, but to see them as human beings and to really um, be interested in them and, you know, and just give that God love that that only comes from God to love somebody in spite of that. Okay, so you bring up a good point in prison and talking with them. Can you talk about 
where these guys are now, are you, do you have contact with them? Are you involved in a, in a prison ministry outreach? What, talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, through just a, a series of coincidences, you know, God things, I became aware of about 23 of the Abu Sayyaf that I know, and they're in a maximum security prison in Manila now. In mm-hmm. fact, I went back and I testified against some of them a few years back. And um, an, an American couple works in that maximum security prison, and we've started doing projects for them, mm-hmm. um, things to better their life, you know, a, a new roof on their barracks so it doesn't... Um, rain on them because of the holes in the roof and uh, seeds for a little garden they have. And I'm supporting a few of them individually who have no outside support so they can, like, buy soap to take Mm -hmm. baths. And through all these kindnesses and getting things printed into their dialects, um, some of these guys are coming to know the Lord. So far, three of them have come to know Uh, Jesus. Do they they know? It's you that's um, supporting them? Uh, They do. They send me letters. I get letters um, just every once in a while. They also send me crafts that they make in the prison. They know that anything they make, Mrs. Burnham will buy. So that's another way I can sort of support them, but it means I get all these crazy crafts that show up here and um and i just usually put them on the back table when i'm speaking and have people give donations and um for them and the money goes back to the ministry but um you know things my kids and i'd been asking god to do something in the hearts of the abu sayaf but even more we'd been kind of asking him to let us be involved in something with them and here it just kind of sort of happened Mm -hmm. God did the work, and he's letting us get to see it and be a tiny bit of it. And and I wonder if he's done that just to encourage our children's hearts mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that um, that God was behind this whole thing, that, yes, they did experience a loss, but um, blessed be the name of the Lord. He gives and he takes away, mm-hmm. and we bless his name um, through both of them. And um, God's just been good to let us see what's happening and and even you know praying that I can be involved in some of the lives of the families of these Abu Sayyaf members when I first started praying um, I thought that was something I shouldn't even pray for because that would never never happen and now that's happening too so you know God can do anything and um and when people see me, you know, there's nothing special about me. I'm just a normal old person like you guys and everybody listening. But God can do anything, and he can do exceedingly abundantly. And then we look back, and we're just so thankful to him for his work in our lives. And that's amazing. Only God could orchestrate all that. We couldn't even figure out. We couldn't no. even put a plan together. No, no. How we could, and, you know, do that kind of ministry. Yeah, and and I never would have thought of looking in a prison for those guys because, um, you know, maybe the morgue because um, there were so many <laughs> gun battles. You know, uh, yeah. you know, I'm sure they they die here and there all the time. But never did I think of looking in a prison. And there they were, just. And everything's gone from them, too. You know, they're in the same situation I was in, and they're missing their families, and they're coping with life that's not good, and they're maybe seeking God in a whole new way because of their situation. 
Absolutely. And on that note, we are going to go into a commercial and stay with us. We'll be right back with Gracia Burnham. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Attention parents and teachers. Here is a series of alarming yet true facts about the current state of teaching reading in the United States. The federal government has spent close to half a trillion dollars to improve reading ability, and yet we still have over 8 million students who cannot read on grade level. 440,000 students who have a total reading vocabulary of 50 words or less, and a national dropout rate of one new student every 26 seconds. Sadly, one of these could be yours. Fortunately, it's not too late to help. Introducing The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. A fast-paced, highly informative, easy-to-listen-to show led by nationally recognized reading authority, Dr. Joe Lakovich. For more on Joe on the show, check out his website, failurefreeonline.com. Listen in this week to learn amazingly simple ways to turn this problem around. The Reading Show with Dr. Joe. With your host, Dr. Joe Lakovich. Fridays at 10 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand comes Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Linda Link is Lindell's first and only internet radio broadcast. Holly, tell us about it. It's really something from my heart that I want to be teamwork um, for the entire community to get the word out about everything that's going on here. We're talking to the entire community of Lindell. This is not limited to just businesses or just parents or just teachers. Simply to get the word out about your cause or your company, you must go to where the people are. And today, people are on the internet. Lindell Link. Lindell, Texas is a growing chain of of business, education, commerce, community. Together, Linda Link can create one strong chain of communication. Check out LindaleLink.com and then check out Lindale Link, the radio show. Lindale Link with host Holly Rand. Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, welcome back. We are talking with Gracia Burnham, who has spent uh, a year in the jungles, uh, in the Philippine jungles. And Gracia, I I know when I dealt with uh, my mom's murder Having to, it was in April when it took place, and in June, having all my girlfriends throw a birthday party um, for me and sitting there with them laughing and giggling, and just that transition of you you knew that Jesus came so we could have an abundant life, and sitting there and wanting so much to partake in the, the fun and the humor, but sometimes you would just look at what was happening around you and go, okay. I, I'm just really struggling here. Just those raw emotions that are, you know, that are taking place. How in the world did you transition from a year in the jungle to 
like you said, literally having, you know, pancakes that are just this like unleavened bread and Mm. now coming back and dealing with, you know, you have women that are excited about making cupcakes for the bake sale and casseroles Mm. to bring to a baby shower. It's Uh like, how how did you connect again? Well, um, Patty, I think maybe the difference with me is I went through a lot of that grieving process and all that stuff in the jungle. Um, I went through uh, depression and doubting God and, well, every every negative emotion you can imagine. I went through that in the jungle, and I and I got some things settled in my mind. And I think by the time I came out, I was just so happy to be home. Mm-hmm. And it may not make any sense. I was just so happy that God had answered our prayer that one of us could come home so our children wouldn't be orphans. We'd Mm -hmm. been begging God for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided I would come home happy. And Martin used to say in the jungle, Gracia, if and when you ever go home, your kids are going to need their mother back. Mm -hmm. They're not going to need their mother with a suitcase full of problems or with bitterness to carry or in a basket. They're going to need their fun-loving mother, and you keep yourself together. And um, I remembered those words of wisdom when I got out. And I think I came out so happy that some people were um, offended that, uh, you know, here I just lost Martin, and I, I was laughing and talking and joking with people and so happy with everything. And so I think maybe that's the difference. For you, you were going through that grieving process for months afterwards. I think I went through it for a year and made some decisions and was and came out maybe different on the other end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly didn't feel badly towards people who were caught up with life in America that, you know, if you were looking at it, it would seem kind of trivial. And I thought, no, no, no. These people are enjoying life, and that's why God gave us life. He mm-hmm. gave us life to enjoy, um, not to carry around as a burden. So love um, your, you love your attitude with that, and just even the, the laughter. And I love saying, you know, you're saying our our kids needed their mom back, and you know, with that comes your sense of humor and and just the whole package. And it is hard because we, Patty and I, have so many times, you know, over situations, you you just have to laugh because it diffuses so much, but it can be misinterpreted or misunderstood or like, you know, that was so inappropriate that you would laugh at something like that. But laughter is so therapeutic and you you just have to laugh sometimes and fight. It doesn't mean you minimize the the seriousness of the situation but it's just yes. a way of coping and just being able to move forward and i just i love that you were be able to come home healthy like that because so many people could be it would be easy to be stuck in that victim mentality and stuck in that year yeah and you're allow right that to define you instead of moving forward i i just have another question because you hear so many times when people that are have been kidnapped and under just the extreme conditions like you were, it is easy to get brainwashed where you start sympathizing with your, your captors. Yeah. How did you, how did you, obviously the answer is God, God sustained you. But even with that, um, just in weak moments, I mean, you're exhausted, you're not eating. Obviously you, you probably had sickness at times. It doesn't get taken care of. How do you not let your mind go there? How do you Mm. truly guard your mind and not, become sympathetic to those 
those the captors. Yeah, I think they call that the Stockholm syndrome, and yes. that really is a real thing that happens, and we saw it happening to us. Um, mm-hmm. And Martin and I would every few days we would discuss, okay, who are the good guys here? The good guys are the ones with their M six um, with who are shooting at you in a gun battle. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Philippine military who are trying to rescue you, but they're shooting at you. The bad guys are the ones feeding you and shielding you during a gun battle. And we would always go over that because that certainly does happen. Mm -hmm. You start to um, sympathize and even take on the grievances of those, like, holding you. Mm -hmm. Um, So we would talk that through. And and differentiate between um, some people when I talk about loving your enemies and doing good to those who hate you and um, doing good things now for the Abu Sayyaf that I found in jail, they think I'm still suffering from the Stockholm Syndrome. But I think there's a difference between mm-hmm. a love that God puts in your hearts towards a person who has done you dirty, because there are stories out there, and people are living with horrific things that have happened to them, and only God can build within you a forgiveness and a love and a a feeling of wanting the best for those people. That's a work of the Holy Spirit of God. I really believe that. That That is definitely, and it's well said. I, I've always heard you know the Holy Spirit has healed your heart when you can bless those people that have done horrific things to you. Yeah. And, and genuinely pray for, for the, their blessings and for them to, um, yeah, have that relationship with Christ. And, you know, uh, I was in the airline industry forever and was a corporate trainer to flight attendants and, and pilots. And we used to teach the Stockholm syndrome quite a bit for hijacking situations and exactly what Martin did, even with his captors to be able to establish that relationship. That's exactly how, what we used to teach. You know, the, the flight attendants is uh, uh. when you are in a hijacking situation, show them pictures of your children. Even if you don't yes. have children, keep those pictures in your wallet of your nieces or nephews. So yeah, show them that you're a human being. And we need to do that as believers as well with everyone in our life. When you establish those relationships and get to know them, that's when they're going to want what we're having. And in mm-hmm. When we really are showing them their, the love, it's the love of Jesus. And there's so much really to learn mm-hmm. <laughs> regarding the Stockholm Syndrome mm-hmm. that we can follow and, and really um, do that rather than seeing people from the outside looking beyond and see the, the humanness in all of us. Well, you know, especially these women that we see at the mall with their, they, they may not be wearing burqas, but they're their heads are covered, and they're obviously Muslim women. Mm-hmm. And we tend to, people we don't understand, we tend to keep them at arm's length, and we don't want anything to do with them because they scare us. Mm-hmm. And and that's my first reaction when I see a Muslim woman downtown. Fear comes into my heart, mm-hmm. but um, that's not what we should have. We should smile at them. We should say, oh, your children are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. We should try to um, establish a relationship with them and and have a friendship with them because that Muslim woman's never going to hear the gospel if we don't step out of our comfort zones and, you know, be Christ to them and, and um, be friendly to them. And that's the first step. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
And we're just curious, you. have you ever met Elizabeth Elliot, you know, whose husband, for those listening, his oh. husband, her husband was, you know, speared to death in the jungles of Ecuador. And she, you know, has become a, an amazing speaker and author. Have you had a chance to, to meet her? My huge regret is that I didn't seek her out when I first got home. No, I've never met her. And they say that, you know, now she's not able to speak or even think real clearly that um, she's mm. at home. And uh, bless her heart, I missed my chance there. The other person I talked on the phone with but never got to meet was Marge Saint, who Nate Saint was her husband. He was the pilot of that group of guys that were speared. Mm. And um, I, I did spend some time on the phone with her. But, um, no, I really missed my chance to really glean some wisdom on the years ahead from those women. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I was just trying to keep myself together and reconnect mm-hmm. with my kids and time yeah. flies. And But one day I'm going to sit down with my heroes of the faith, like Elizabeth mm-hmm. Elliot and um, Marge Saint and mm-hmm. Corey Ten Boom and women who I learned so much from, but I've never even met them. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and with that note, we only have two minutes before we go back into a commercial break, but for our listeners out there, just to challenge you, if you have that that hero that you would love to, to talk to or um, just send a letter. There are, there are people that Lisa and I have talked about. Mine, mine is Billy Graham. I would love to write him a letter because that's how my mom and dad, um, they were at a a crusade and that's their first, uh, beginning of understanding who Jesus was and is. And I just, I would love to do it. And you just don't, like you said, you miss that window. And each year that goes by, I keep thinking, Oh, I'm missing that window of opportunity. So please, to, to challenge you to do that. And we only have a minute, Gracia. What would be something else you would like to challenge our listeners with? Well, um, I, I sometimes think people hear my story and they think of me as this strong person who has everything together. And if, if you could see my office here where I'm talking to you from, you would realize I'm just like you. I'm a mess. And on top hey, of that, hey, I'm hey, blonde. Hey, hey, hey. I love that you just called Caddy a mess. Thank you. <laughs> I've got to tell you, she has her hair in a hat today and underneath that hat, it is so not pretty. So thank you for validating that. Well, you know what? God uses weak things and he uses ordinary people and that's what we are. And we start thinking we're pretty tough stuff and we're not. And um, God can use anybody. Um, I, that's one thing I would like to make perfectly clear. <laughs> Well, and that that's very well said because you, sometimes you, we look at ourselves and we go, there is no way, and it's not about us. It truly is about God. It truly is about his story and his message and his purpose. When we come back from our commercial break, we want to talk to you about your kids okay. and just how they're living now beyond this and how they're serving the Lord and just from a parenting aspect and just transitioning to that. You're listening to Girlfriend at Radio. This is Patty and Lisa. We'll be right back with Gracia Burnham. Stay with us. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Right 
Thursday nights, get ready for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millat, at 11, 10 Central on Toginet.com. What are the Read My Lips Tips for Success? Well, it's spelled out like this. R. Realize it is possible. E. Embrace all relationships. A. Advance through adversity. D. Develop your significance. M. Manage your health and wealth. Y. Yield to your natural abilities. L. Listen to your heart. I. Invest in yourself. P. Persist by taking small steps. And S. Serve others. Each week on the show, you'll find a safe haven whereby tips, insights, and strategies are shared by Linnea and her guests. Go to Linnea's website, readmylipstips.com. Then join us Thursday nights at 11, 10 p.m. Central for the Read My Lips Tips for Success radio show with your host, Linnea Millett on toginet.com. Get ready for Officer Radio every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern only on officer.com. It's powered by the worldwide resources of Officer.com and hosted by Editor-in-Chief of Officer.com and 30-year law enforcement veteran Frank Borelli. Officer.com is your source for the latest news, trends, and issues facing the law enforcement community, which change almost daily. New regulations, new things to know about that affect all in law enforcement. Join us each week as Officer Borelli and his guests examine, dissect, and discuss the issues facing our industry. Call in live and join the conversation to get your voice heard. For more law enforcement news and more about the show, go to officer.com. You can even find us on Facebook and Twitter. Then join us live every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern, only on officer.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to Girlfriend at Radio. We are sad that our, our, uh, our time with Gracia Burnham is coming to an end. We're in our last segment. And uh, if you're just joining us, you've missed an amazing story. And, um, and Gracia, we just are so... Um, just so honored again that you would share the story. But one of the, there's so many layers to it that we just wanted to unpack and we don't have time to do it all. But one of the significant things is just, um, you have three grown kids. They all love the Lord. They're serving that. You, you don't hear of that under normal circumstances very often, but especially considering, um, they lost their, their dad, um, in the jungle and they're in lost their parents for a year it would be easy for kids to go i don't want to serve this god that means loss and disappointment and yet they have done the opposite can you just address just how how your kids went on how they how they lived through this and are living through it today yeah well i can just say that god's been good to us i just don't know how else to put it i got home and and I saw how well-adjusted the children were. You know, they were a bit traumatized like everybody else, but just well-adjusted and trust in the Lord. And I thought, what is this? And then I started meeting all the people who God had surrounded them with. Of course, their godly grandparents they lived with, but even the teachers, they went to a public school. They had never gone to school before. Um, we were homeschooling in the Philippines, and at the public school, it's like God had strategically pulled out believing teachers to come alongside the children and, 
just bless them and share verses with them and their youth pastors and their pastor at church. And um, God just blessed the kids with good people, and um, and they've, they've just continued on. Um, my oldest boy, Jeff, is doing what his dad did. He's a missionary pilot in Africa. Um, they live in Botswana, and he's married to a sweet uh, New Tribes Mission MK, a missionary kid. And um, two years ago, tomorrow, they had my first grandchild, a little boy. Mm-hmm. He Congratulations. Celebrates his... Thank you. I talked on Skype with them this morning, and I got to see my little grandson, Tristan, tormenting the cat. And um, playing with his little uh, motorcycle, his plastic motorcycle, and uh, they'll celebrate his birthday tomorrow by going swimming. And, um, you know, God's just been really good to them. And my daughter, she also married a New Tribes Mission MK from Paraguay, South America, and um, he's a good guy. And six months ago, they had my second grandchild. A little boy named Felix, a very South American name, and what a sweet little kid he is. And they're at New Tribes Bible Institute in Wisconsin, and um, Andy will be finishing up with his Bible and missions degree here in a few months, and they're going to come spend the summer with me before they go on. They're going to get a degree somewhere, I don't know, in counseling, I think. And um, they love the Lord. And then my youngest son, Zach, is at Calvary Bible College in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. That's where Martin and I met, and we got married there. And um, Zach loves the Lord, and he's studying the Bible and getting a, a second degree in voice performance. So we'll wow. see what happens with that boy. But, um, yeah, God's been good, and... and um, you know, so far, so good. Every morning I wake up and I pray for the kids and I say, you know, God, use them today and on down the road. We may not have this rosy picture that we all hope to have, but you are God and you're in the midst of all this. And if you can get glory today from our family, please mm-hmm. do it. And that's that's so encouraging for so so many listeners that are there that just... To give that everything over to the Lord, and I, I laugh. I kind of chuckled when you said that one of your kids was going into counseling because Erwin, Erwin McManus. I don't know if you're familiar with <laughs> some of his books, but he talks about sending missionaries to counselors, and he's like, "No, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, the, these guys are crazy. We don't want to. We don't want to make them like sane or anything." <laughs> That's good. Well, yes. I, I I really think God's going to use Andy with counseling. He's um, he's been through some hard th- things on the mission field, and um, this generation seems to not buy into the idea that missionaries are up on a pedestal and they have everything all figured out. I think people are finally realizing that missionaries are just like us, and they have problems, and they have hang-ups, and they need someone to listen to them who's um, who's not just going to give them a little pat pat on the back, you know, you're fine, go back out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, well, yeah. I have a question, because as, as pa- I'm a pastor's wife, you know, and my kids are in ministry too, and 
It is really hard because you look at you look at our kids, and especially from your lens, knowing what you what serving the Lord meant to you and your husband, and what you know the the path that took down. Do you look at your kids and go, I don't know what kind of a world they're going to be serving down the road? And there's a part of you because I talk to a lot of moms, and if, if a kid says I want to do, you know, go into ministry, they go, No, 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 I want them to be this or this because I don't want them to have to, you know to suffer or sacrifice. And, and especially in our American culture, we are so all about safety and comfort. And mm-hmm. we just want our kids to always be safe and comfortable and happy mm-hmm. and content. Mm-hmm. And yet we see that that's really not God's story. That's more our story that we want it to live out. And as a parent watching your kids and from you, here you have two kids that are on the mission field and you know what that meant to, for you and Martin does that those those emotions play into that where it's hard to let your kids go and do that? Um, probably the opposite with me because our generation, you and I, we were taught that that is the most important thing. Comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go to school and you get good grades so you can go to a good college so you can get a good job so you can make lots of money and have a nice family and that's what we think um, life is about. But it's not. And when you go out and you see a needy world, I look at the things that my children, I see the gifts God's given them, and I know God could use those gifts overseas to, to help some desperately needy people. But I never say that out loud because I don't ever want the kids to think that they have to fulfill some dream of mine. I want God to be the one that calls my children. So I just pray, pray, pray that God uses their gifts. And if he uses their gifts here in America and they, they're normal like everybody else, that's good, too. <laughs> I don't know that there's anybody normal in America. Right? I don't think there's anyone normal. <laughs> that's an illusion. Well, what would you tell to parents, just, um, just guiding them through and helping them to raise kids that love the Lord? I mean, mm-hmm. what are things that you would say that you, you don't, you know, don't, impose on your kids or that you do encourage them with? Because sometimes you, you see, like, especially a lot of times in, in homes, they go very legalistic. Yeah. With, and and then that's a turnoff. So what would you say? How do you yeah. guide them through? You know, what I tell my kids, I say, you preach the gospel to yourself every day. Mm. You remind yourself of the sinner that you are. Because sometimes I, I think we start thinking, we're pretty good people, and we have it all together, and we don't do this, and we don't do that, and we do this, and and we um, we have things all together, and we don't realize our sin, and our sin isn't ever before us because we've whitewashed it so much, or everything's so um, manipulated around us that bad things don't happen. And I tell the kids, remember your sin, and remember who paid for it, and remember what you what you owe him because of what he's done for us. The other thing I see in America is, you know, we go to church and we sing, um, you give and take away, you give and take away. You know, we sing that almost every Sunday. Uh, My heart will choose to say, blessed be your name. But I think what we really mean is you you give to us, God, and we expect God to give to us because we have our bank accounts and we have our 401ks and we have our our nice cars and our beautiful families, and God has given, given, given to us. And then when he takes away something precious, we develop problems with God. And we say, how could you do this to me? Instead of 
remembering the good things he did, you know, through your mothers, um, and rejoicing in the years you had with your with your moms and the years we had on the mission field and the good things he did to us and how we never skipped a meal on the mission field. And um, that's what I often encourage people with is look at the good things God has just given, given, given. And when he chooses to take one of those away, um, don't be like the people in Isaiah 45 who says, um, you know, God, when he's making a clay pot, don't argue with your maker. Don't say, God, you're doing it wrong. Um, how clumsy can you be? Mm-hmm. That's how the New Living Translation puts it. And um, that's something I just constantly keep in, in my children's forefront is God's giving you things. Be thankful for them. And if God ever takes it away, you be thankful and bless his name. And that is such a great perspective. And we only have less than two minutes just to to finish up this time. But you've just imparted so much insight and wisdom. And even with your kids, because that's such a hot topic for Mm -hmm. us as women with our kids, because we just we do want them to grow up and to be healthy adults and to love the Lord with all their heart. And you're right. We do have such a sense of entitlement. We do Mm -hmm. as adults when it comes to Mm -hmm. the Lord. You're absolutely right. We think it's our right to have all these things. And when something doesn't go just the right or it's taken away. It just, it throws us off course. And Mm -hmm. we've got to start getting a healthy perspective on our stuff is not our stuff. God, Mm. anything we have is is a blessing. It's beyond. We don't deserve anything. So anything we have is truly a blessing and a gift from God. And so, and looking at it that way, well, with just a few seconds left to go, Gracia, again, thank you for being on our show and, and just sharing your story. You can hear more about Gracia by going to girlfriended.com. We'll have a link into her site and um, just keep the dialogue with us. If you want to join us on our girlfriended Facebook, but I know you have a book, um, another book to fly again. And we just want to encourage um, those that are listening to just read the, read her books. They will change your life and help you with your perspective. So Gracia, what is one thing we can just tell our listeners that you just want to let them know about you? Um, God uses weak things. If God can use me, he can use anybody. And you just let him use you because he'll, he'll do it and you'll be amazed. <laughs> Very well said. Thank you for joining us this day. Have a great day. This is Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.